Support for Speaking of Travel comes from the Asheville Regional Airport with frequent daily connections to major international hubs. Asheville Regional is your local connection to the world. And when you fly home, you're home. Plan your next trip at flyavl.com. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused. With more at PrestigeSubaru.com. New Belgium Brewing, makers of Fat Tire Amber Ale and the host of Belgian-inspired beers dedicated to proving that business can be a force for good. Visit New Belgium Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina. For more information, visit newbelgium.com. And Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park. Explore one of Western North Carolina's most iconic places, featuring everything the mountains have to offer in one place. Plan your adventure at ChimneyRockPark.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC. Now be sure to visit the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive the latest in travel news and travel tips and some really awesome vacation destination opportunities, including a really fabulous legal trip to Cuba in February 2020 with our good friend Benjamin Porter from Small Footprint Travels. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website on the iHeartRadio app iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, TuneIn, pretty much any platform that has podcasts these days, you can listen to Speaking of Travel. Well, if this is your first time listening to Speaking of Travel, welcome. Every week, we hear some really amazing stories from people around the world and from right here in our own backyard about why travel is such an important part of our lives. And did you know we really learn more from reflecting on our travel memories than sometimes the experience alone? That's true. The time you come back creates space to think about how you've changed. Oh, excuse me, how you've changed, how you think of things differently. When you look back on your travel stories, you can begin to understand the wisdom and skills that you've gained from traveling abroad or even here domestically. And travel talk is really fun. So what we've done today is I've invited a good group of friends over to the studio to share some stories about traveling. Perhaps they'll inspire you to travel, whether it's to the town just right over next to you or to some exotic place on your bucket list. You're going to hear some really fun stories, some good travel tips. We're just going to have a good time right here in the studio. I'm here with Marla Tambellini, with Kent Wolf, and with Benjamin Porter from Small Footprint Travels. Benjamin, thank you for being here today. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. 
Kent, lovely to have you on. Thank you for having me back. And Marla. Great to be here. Thanks for having me back as well. You bet. All three of you have been here in the studio before. You're travelers. You've got some great stories. I love just even going out with you and talking up your trips. Marla, I'm going to start with you because you really have just gotten back from a really awesome trip, and I want you to tell us a little bit about Mm -hmm. it. Well, um, I did. I actually, um, Marilyn, as you know, I've been on a quest to collect all 50 states. And um, the states that I happen to be missing the last several years have been what most people call the flyover states. Some of those people catch when they're going across country. I've never um, actually driven cross country, so I've been picking them up here and there. And this year's vacation was to Iowa and Nebraska. Now, the funny thing about that is when I, I've traveled solo on this particular trip, um, but I did throw it out to a couple of friends. Hey, you want to go to Iowa and Nebraska? Well, you can imagine that most people kind of like, yeah, I don't think so. I'll pass that up. But as I was traveling and I was doing this trip and posting pictures and kind of sharing stories, it was very funny to see how many people, you know, in the comments section would say, that's an amazing trip. I wish I would have gone. And, um, and, you know, the thing that I really enjoy about traveling to all these different states is that you can find really interesting, unique and iconic Um, places no matter where you travel. Um, And it's about the people, the relationships that you meet, but it's also about the experiences. And some of that takes planning and some of that is off the beaten path kind of travel. And I think that's exactly what I found this go around. Um, In Iowa, I chose to do the Iowa State Fair, um, particularly because the presidential candidates um, were lined up. It happened to be, I chose the date a while back, but um, nine of the presidential candidates were uh, speaking on the political soapbox stage the day I was there. That was a very interesting and unique experience. And interestingly enough, I was not the only one who had traveled a far distance to see them. Um, And then I crossed the state of Nebraska, um, spent a little bit of time in in, uh, Omaha, but really followed the Oregon Trail and had been inspired by a book I read about a year ago by Rinker Buck, who actually followed the entire um, Oregon Trail in a um, covered wagon with mules with his brother um, several years ago and and recorded the whole experience in a really well-written book. Um, And then, although I'd been to Colorado before, I'd not been to the Rocky Mountains National Park. And so I dipped down um, from Nebraska and Wyoming um, and spent several days in the Rocky Mountains National Park. And, you know, to my mind, it was a really amazing and epic trip. That is an epic trip. So how many states now have you uh, traveled to? I've been to 47. I have three left. Um, I'm hoping to pick up Vermont and New Hampshire this fall. And then I am holding out for a really fabulous trip to Alaska. Well, I think Alaska is going to be where all your friends and family are going to want to meet you, Marla. Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> wow, that's really great. And when did you start this quest? Um, wow, it was probably about um, maybe about eight years ago or so. I had already, you know, identified the list of, of um, places that I had been, um, and I had... Um, my parents had kind of embarked on a similar thing, and I thought I would follow in their footsteps, being their daughter, and um, kind of made it a little bit of a of a goal of mine to do it before I turned 60. Well, congratulations. That is really a great trip. And going to Iowa and Nebraska, like you said, flyover states, mm-hmm. not many people make those states a destination, and yet you traveled solo, and you were able to make it really fun and and exciting. Yeah, I flew into I flew in um, to the Des Moines and Omaha area, and then flew out of Denver. Um, rented a car, so it was really easy. I didn't like spend all of my travel time driving from 
you know, North Carolina, where I live, all the way to, um, you know, Iowa. Um, the nice thing about traveling solo, though, and this is the thing I've always appreciated about that, um, is that when you are traveling solo, you have the opportunity just to, like, wherever whimsy takes you. And so, you know, as I was heading um, on the highways of Iowa, I noticed a sign for the bridges of Madison County. Um, having read that book years ago, I was like, what's this about? And kind of took the turn off and 45 minutes later, found myself exploring um, bridges and um, beautiful countryside, wandering into the town of Winterset, where I had no idea that John Wayne was born and, you know, stumbled upon his birthplace. And, you know, I always love when those things happen, when you, you know, take a little bit of a side trip just on a, you know, on a hunch or an interest. Um, and then you end up having like a nice little experience within the trip. Well, I'm curious, as you make your plans to do these things and you are being spontaneous and and making decisions sometimes just, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn here and go see what this is. Do you have your accommodations lined up ahead of you? Um, not always. <laughs> um, you know, and actually it almost, um, it almost backfired on me um, this go around because I did not have any accommodations done probably about two weeks out, maybe even as much as a week out from the trip. And then, you know, it kind of hit me like, oh, Iowa State Fair, lots of news crews, lots of politicians. <laughs> And so I, you know, kind of like barely got a room. So um, and that was a week out. But I also have found that um, sometimes that spontaneity can yield really good things. For example, years ago when I was in um, getting ready for a last minute vacation to Glacier National Park, kind of around their opening, um, I had to shift my itinerary a little bit around a little bit, but it allowed me to have accommodations in the park, but to see every single section of the park and not just base myself in one place. Um, And that ended up being a really great thing and making the trip even better. On this particular trip, I had um, my Rocky Mountains accommodations lined up um, and then my first night and um, I think a night in Omaha. And then after that, I wasn't sure where I'd land each day. And so I um, actually booked those on the road, sometimes as much as two hours out. Wow. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, being able to get near, get take a plane, get to a destination, rent a car, go drive off and just, you know, let the wind be behind you yes. is very exciting. Before we go to break, Kent, have, how many states have you been to? Oh, I would have to estimate 30 to 40, quite a few. Oh, I that's still haven't good. been to the Pacific Northwest, which I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and I know a pro sitting next to me who can give me some advice on this. <laughs> it's quite go. fascinating. And Benjamin, how about you? How many states would you say you've been to? I think I've been to everything except Hawaii. Oh, well, yeah. maybe we need to meet you in Hawaii and we'll meet Marlon in <laughs> Alaska. Y'all come to Alaska like with me. I like That's that. Right. I you like me at hello. Well, yeah. this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We're having fun here today with Marla Tambellini, Kent Wolf, Benjamin Porter. We're talking travel. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com.
Feeling the need to costume up? New Belgium's annual Tour de Fat is back for 2019 on Saturday, September 21st, offering a day packed full of free activities, celebrating beer, bikes, and amusement. Join the bicycle parade or float to the show with rentals available at French Broad Outfitters. Entering its 20th season, the Tour de Fat has raised nearly $6 million for local bike nonprofits. For more info, visit NewBelgium.com. Your business trip shouldn't start with a road trip. Hundreds of global destinations are just one connection away, starting at Asheville Regional Airport. Fly Allegiant, American, Delta, Elite, and United. Asheville Regional Airport, your local connection to the world. Visit flyavl.com to plan your next trip. Visit Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park once, and you'll want to come back for more. An annual pass not only gets you unlimited visits to the park for a year, exclusive events, and special deals at the park's shops and restaurants, you also get discounts at other area attractions, too. And there's easy access to the rock via the 26-story elevator inside the mountain. Become an annual pass holder at ChimneyRockPark.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm in the studio today with some fellow travelers, Marla Tambellini, Kent Wolf, Benjamin Porter with Small Footprint Travels. Benjamin, you've been traveling your whole life. So tell us a little bit about how you really got into traveling. It's my parents' fault. <laughs> my dad worked for the Veterans Administration hospital system, so every six years or seven years, he would get transferred. So I grew up in about five different cities. So picking up and moving on was something in my DNA from the get-go. And um, so it's never been odd to me. It's always been a source of edu- education and inspiration, uh, getting out beyond the borders. Traveling in the U.S. is wonderful, but I'm probably guilty of, of not traveling in the U.S. enough and going abroad any chance I can. And with Small Footprint Travels, you really do take trips abroad and you take small groups with you. You started doing that with Bolivia, you're getting ready to go back to Bolivia. Tell us a little bit about how Bolivia became uh, a destination for you. Well, we go on the uh, theory that we really only want to go to countries that we know. And we have some kind of experience or expertise that we can share with people. Bolivia is, is a case, as a young man, I kind of cut my teeth as a documentary photographer in Bolivia, living in Bolivia. So it's always been like a second home to me. And um, it's a fascinating country to go to. It's beautiful, dynamically so. And it's, um, you know, it's always like going home. So that's easy. But other places like uh, my wife Miao is Thai. So we spend part of the year in Thailand and lead tours in Vietnam and Thailand. And then Cuba. uh, I got connected to Cuba through an exhibition of my work maybe 13 years ago. And fell in love with it and then developed that as a place to. And then Morocco, I'd gone as a young man, uh, kind of like Marla, getting a, a road road trip there, bought an old VW bus and uh, in Amsterdam for $600, drove around Europe and Morocco, and then at the end of the summer, sold it for $700. So uh, 
And there was uh, so there has to be a personal connection for us to the to the countries we go to. And when you uh, when you go on these trips, people can sign up on your website. Tell us how people can sign up, get more information about the trips. Yeah, the easiest thing is to remember our name, which is Small Footprint Travels with an S dot com. So if you go there, you'll see all our tours and all the itineraries and details associated with travel there. And we're not a travel agency. It's like we get a lot of calls for being a travel agency. We're really a travel company, but we help our people do the bookings and things like that for the flights. It's very easy. I traveled with Benjamin a couple of years ago to on this trip to Cuba. There were about 10 or 11 other people on the trip. It was the first time I had ever traveled in a small group. I wasn't quite sure how I was going to adapt to being around other people. And yet, Benjamin, you and Meow really create uh, a family. It's like everybody's connected um, and and it's easy. That's the best part about it. You, It's pretty all-inclusive. You take care of all the arrangements and all we have to do is show up. That's true. And that's been a learning experience for us. I never anticipated. We've been doing this eight years now. We've had the company. I never anticipated that people would be so bonded or we'd become so bonded to people who go on our trips. My fear initially was, oh, my gosh, am I going to be able to stand people with horrible personalities and things like that? And that's not been the case. And and like your group, people still get together. We have another group that went to Cuba with us who got so bonded they then said, we want to go to Morocco with you, which we took to Morocco. So, yes, uh, knock on wood, it's it's a blessing. to We get great people. A lot of our people are from this region, but not only. I'd say about 70% of our travelers are from Western North Carolina. But it is a bonding experience, travel is. Well, we're looking forward to the February 2020 trip, and I encourage people who are listening to get in touch with Benjamin, go to the website and find out more information. It's going to be just a really amazing trip. This time, Benjamin, you're taking people to the eastern part of the country, which is a little departure from what you've done in the past. It is, and and I— Glad you bring it up because people are mistakenly thinking you cannot go to Cuba, and that's not true. We have legal trips still going to Cuba. It's under the support of the Cuban people visa, and uh, I think President Trump did a good job of scaring people away, thinking it's illegal to go to Cuba, and that's not the case. So that's one thing. I wave that banner that you can go legally to Cuba, and uh, Eastern Cuba is very exotic and very different from Havana and the Western part. And most people who've been to Cuba go to Havana and focus over there, and that's I understand that. But we wanted to lead people to Santiago, which is a, Cuba's second largest city, which has a very much of an African influence because the slave trade came in, the slave trade ships came in there. And then when there was the rebellion and revolution in Haiti, a lot of the French People, settlers came into Santiago. So it's a true melting plot and a blending of cultures and ethnicities in, in Cuba is there in Santiago. And we go to some smaller cities and we're going to go take a hike in the mountains of the Sierra Maestra to go visit the secret headquarters that Fidel had with Che and Raul Castro when they landed and started the revolution in 1956. And we don't want to leave out Celia Sanchez because she was an important part of that revolution with Fidel as well. And her home uh, town is in the eastern part of That's Cuba. Right. That's so, right. You know, there it's, were women in that revolution. Very important women. Very important women. And 
revolutions going back to the history of Cuba always originated in the East, never in Havana. They always originated in the eastern part of the country. Well, I've been to Santiago, and you actually see bullet holes in the buildings. They just left it uh, historically so that people would not forget that uh, th- that region, these farmers, the uh, people from that area were a big part of of helping him with that. Yeah, in fact, one of the museums we go to in Santiago is the Museum of the Clandestine Fight, uh, La Lucha Clandestina. And it it uh, documents all the support that Fidel had from the urban population when he were in the mountains and the support coming from people. And they had to be secretive about it, obviously, and it's a fascinating museum that documents that. And Ken, you've been to Cuba. I enjoyed Cuba. Um, I was inspired by a friend of Benjamin's, John Elliston, who's a close personal friend of mine. And uh, Cammie and Mary Kent and I traveled, I guess, Christmas two years ago. And we went with Jim and Jen Lazan, who operate Lazoom Tours. And it was just so colorful, both uh, the country and, you know, it was more abbreviated. It was just Havana. Um, but it gave us a, uh, a small taste of that. And to hear Benjamin talk about it, I realized, I, oh, actually, having heard Jonathan talk about it and Benjamin, I know there's a lot left to explore, and I bet that's going to be a great trip, Benjamin. It's a huge island and complex. And, you know, speaking Havana, just getting a little taste of it, I'd, you could easily spend two weeks in Havana and not do it all. You know, it's an amazing city. Yeah, we enjoyed it very much. Marla, have you ever been to Cuba? I have not, but it sounds like I need to sign on to one of Benjamin's trips. I think you do. It's a bucket list. It's one of those countries that uh, is so unique. Uh, There's no place else in the world like it because of the circumstances and the culture. And the people there, people everywhere, as you said, when you traveled through the U.S., Ken, I know you've met such wonderful people, Benjamin, all over the world. But the people in Cuba, uh, they, they, there's something very special about their personalities. They love Americans. This is another part that has been kind of, you know, um, a little unsettling that, that we as Americans uh, have this dialogue that we can't go there, that, you know, that it's bad, when in fact... Uh, the people there are so welcoming to Americans, and they just love to talk. I mean, if you're a talker, you would love this country because the people there love to talk. And when we come back from the break, we're going to pick up and talk some more. Ken, I want to talk. You mentioned Cammy and Mary Kent, uh, your daughters. I want to make sure people know that uh, Kent has these beautiful daughters, and he travels a lot with them. And when we come back, I want to... I want to talk about some of the travels that you've done with your girls. I look forward to it. This is Tina Kinsey with Asheville Regional Airport, and I have a travel tip for you today. We've all been behind that person. She's ahead of you in the boarding process. She finally gets to her seat. And then she spends several minutes unloading items from her carry-on bag and purse that she needs with her. After that, she lifts her suitcase to the overhead bin only to find that there isn't a spot directly next to her seat and asks everyone to back up so she can stow her bag. Frustrating? Yes. 
avoidable? Absolutely. Here's a great tip. Put all of your in-flight necessities, such as cell phone, charging cord, earbuds, glasses, snack, and hand sanitizer, in a resealable gallon-sized bag, pop it in an easy-to-access spot in your carry-on bag, and then grab it quickly, toss it into your seat, and stow your bag without delay. Your fellow passengers will appreciate the pre-planning, and you'll look like a travel pro. Thanks for listening. Asheville Regional Airport. Take the easy way out. Enjoy a fat tire amber ale and a host of Belgian-inspired beers with a river view at New Belgium Brewing in Asheville, North Carolina. Located at 21 Craven Street in the heart of the River Arts District, New Belgium offers brewery tours seven days a week and live music every Friday. New Belgium Brewing, strongly rooted in community and proving business, can be a force for good. For more info, visit newbelgium.com. Every story has its beginning, a starting point from which it wanders the long and winding road, weaving its way toward the final word. It is on this road where the greatest moments often lie, where memories are made, lessons are learned, and where experiences can be valued forever. Each story is a journey, blind to what lies ahead and conditioned by the road behind. While the destination may or may not be known, each journey is unique, unfolding in the moment and defined by those at the wheel. Regardless of where your journey takes you, it remains yours to create. Embrace the journey. Find your ride at PrestigeSubaru.com. Explore one of Western North Carolina's most iconic places, Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park, featuring six hiking trails, an animal discovery den, rock climbing with instructors from Fox Mountain Guides, monthly guided hikes, and more. There's easy access to the rock via the 26-story elevator inside the mountain. To plan your next Chimney Rock adventure, visit ChimneyRockPark.com to see an online trail map and the listing of the park's upcoming events. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. I'm here in the studio with Marla Tambellini, Kent Wolf, and Benjamin Porter. We're talking about travel. You all are such seasoned travelers, and it's just so refreshing to hear your stories. And Ken, I want to talk to you a little bit about your travels with your two daughters. You travel a lot solo. You go with your friends. You you just are a traveler. You've got a, a wanderlust. But I had you on the show. I had both Mary Kent and Cammie here with you. We had such a wonderful conversation. They were They were just so honest and and open about their love of traveling with their dad and I asked one of them you know if you could go anywhere where would you want to go and she said well it's not a matter of where I'd want to go it's who I would want to go with I've always wanted to travel with my grandmother your mother and shortly thereafter you all planned a trip to Italy together Marilyn that was your doing and thank you thank you thank you um, in November of 2017, Cameron and I went to uh, Rome and Florence, and we had this amazing time. Um, unfortunately, and I've mentioned this in the past, I believe, but uh, my stepfather, their grandfather, passed away while we were there, and we couldn't return home. So it was a really spiritual experience. We just kind of settled in. Um, we kind of took in the culture. We grieved a little bit. And, you know, it was just a really special place. So when we were on your show, um, Mary Kent had mentioned Florence as well. 
And when my mom heard your show, this was the week of Christmas. This was December 24th or so when it may have aired. Um, my mom said, well, you know, Cameron always says, Cammy always says, if you wait for a particular trip, you're not going to go. And would you and Cammy consider take, going back with me and Mary Kent, of, which I was more than happy to oblige. And I guess it was within about 10 days to two weeks we had that booked. And it's rare that I travel in the spring, but uh, in March we went with my mother, uh, myself, Mary Kent, and Cammy, and it was just great. It was great. We did the same thing. We did Rome and Florence. Um, and because we knew Florence a little bit better and the restaurants, it made it a little bit more simple for my mom to travel. And she's a really good traveler, but, you know, she's um, – it was just nice not taking a chance on a restaurant necessarily. Well, what am I talking about? That's Florence. There's no bad restaurants in Florence. That was a horrible choice of words. But to make the point, we just kind of um, were able to help facilitate that more easily. And she was a delight to travel with. And my mom just, um, she she just couldn't get enough of, you know, the culture there and being with the girls. And, you know, what a unique experience these days because, um, you know, I don't offer the girls an opportunity to, um, have their cell phone over there. Well, granted, they have it for a camera, but we don't have cell service. So when you don't see your girls as often as they as you want because they're at college or university, and then you have a week without cell phones and with your mom in a foreign country with fantastic sights, um, I don't know. I, I, I remember November of 17 fondly there, but I just, that's a trip that I wouldn't give back for anything. That so. is a wonderful story and, and just so heartwarming. And Marla, you've traveled a lot with your son over the years as well. I have. You know, we um, started really kind of planning trips together when he was about 10. Um, and through that time, we've um, traveled both, you know, domestically and internationally. Um, we've spent a lot of time in national parks, um, which he, you know, has really kind of helped him grow into an outdoor, being an outdoor lover. And, um, you know, he too loves national parks. So I feel like I was able to instill a little bit of that into him. Um, And now he has, you know, continued on his own um, as a 25-year-old with um, girlfriend and friends. Um, This year he went to Austria, um, last year to Costa Rica. Um, So he too has the travel bug and tries to get to as many places as he can within the year, given his work schedule and everything else. And Benjamin, I want to ask, when you when you travel with Small Footprint Travels, do you find that there are times when you have maybe a multi-generational family or, or husband and wife, kids? How, how does that work? Do, do you yeah. find that to be true? We do. We, it's, uh, we've traveled with, had mother, daughter travel with us to Myanmar, Oftentimes, it's husband and wife. Uh, kids come along, and uh, the last trip to tour to Cuba on tour, I took uh, my son Daniel uh, to be the assistant tour leader, and he was great to have with us. I bet that was a lot of fun to yeah. have your prodigy there. <laughs> it was. It was. Well, Ken, so your girls are in college, but you do a lot of traveling by yourself. I separate it half and half. Mm-hmm. Candidly, what happens is I try to go with my daughters each time. But with their busy schedules and being in school, it doesn't allow them to. So I'm not going to miss an opportunity if they can't. But my strong preference is to encourage them to travel also. And you travel with friends as well. You had mentioned Jim and Jen, and uh, I know you've traveled with some other people. Yeah. 
Um, Cuba was the best example of that with Jim and Jen. And they're, you know, we're always looking for fun people to travel with and good travelers. And that is exactly what they are. Um, I'm, I don't know if this is a positive or a negative, but the older I get, the more I'm just ready to take off on my own. I'll just figure it out as I go. So, um, yeah, I, I haven't gone to Europe with anyone except for either myself alone or my daughters. I do meet friends over there often. I don't travel with them, but I cross paths with them. I've had that experience on three or four occasions um, where I know friends will be in the same city and we meet for an afternoon or an evening and just kind of hang out. But uh, yeah, but my kids, that's who I like to travel with. And how do you decide where you want to go? Do you have like a bucket list? Well, what we've done is, well, I can't travel for extended period of, uh, uh, periods of time. I can't travel for a week to 10 days based on the industry I'm in, which is mortgages. Um, so I have to abbreviate the trips or travel um, either just for a weekend or for Thanksgiving or for Christmas. So um, really, Europe has piqued my interest. And since I can't really go out and see coastal areas easily or can't stay for extended period of times. I'm kind of hitting the larger cities for, you know, three, four, five, six days and then getting home quickly. So of recent, the way the way that we've chosen the destinations is proximity to airports, um, ease of travel, just being able to get in and out or oftentimes high speed rail in between, like um, like a Prague or Vienna, Budapest, that's, you know, I flew into one airport, did the open jaw kind of ticket, and then um, kind of raced across there in high-speed rail. And I love high-speed rail. That is, oh, yes. That is, isn't that great, Benjamin? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's great. Yeah. I, I can't sleep on an airplane easily, but wow, you want to talk about taking a good nap. You know, you, you look at the views, um, you get some water and get situated, and then just, you know, look at the views for a little bit and then just fall asleep. And it's, it's uh, I don't know, I love rail. Well, tell us what high speed even means. I think there are a lot of people who, you know, do, is it a bullet train or are you going high speed like a rocket ship? What's that like? Uh, high speed rail is typically about 150 miles an hour. Uh, I guess if having not been to Japan, I understand they have much faster rail. But under normal circumstances, when I do the calculations, you know, in Europe, it looks like they're maxing out about 150 miles an hour. It's very luxurious. Um, it's incredibly affordable. I mean, from city to city, and I'm just I'm making up numbers, but say Paris to Brussels or uh, Vienna to Budapest, it might be, I don't know, $20, $25, And that's in first class, which there's really no point in getting. I mean, it's $10 more, but... Uh, you get situated. They kind of have saddles for your feet. Um, they come around and check on you. And it's super affordable. And it's just so luxurious, so comfortable, so pretty. And, you know, oftentimes there are people that you're sitting next to that will give you advice on their travel. And we see a lot of students over there that we end up talking to. But um, that's certainly our preferred method. I've never um, received or earned a driver's license for Europe just because rail is so simple. Yeah, the the train is great. I mean, whether you're in Europe, pretty much anywhere you go where there's a train, even in the United States, sometimes we forget we have a train system called Amtrak and people can get on a train and, you know, on the East Coast and be out to the West Coast and you can have dinner and, you know, you could even get a little sleeper car if you want to. Rail is 
Rail is fun and always affordable. So fun. Right. Well, when we come back, I want to talk more about, uh, I'd like to get some travel tips. Maybe you all have a little something that you know that maybe you could share with us uh, that's worked for you in your travels. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. Feeling the need to costume up? New Belgium's annual Tour de Fat is back for 2019 on Saturday, September 21st, offering a day packed full of free activities, celebrating beer, bikes, and amusement. Join the bicycle parade or float to the show with rentals available at French Broad Outfitters. Entering its 20th season, the Tour de Fat has raised nearly $6 million for local bike nonprofits. For more info, visit New newbelgium.com with 50 flights every day to and from cities like atlanta charlotte and chicago you can fly to hundreds of worldwide destinations with one easy connection choose allegiant american delta elite or united right here from Asheville regional airport and when you fly home you're home Asheville regional airport take the easy way out green is good local food less oil Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Visit Chimney Rock at Chimney Rock State Park once, and you'll want to come back for more. An annual pass not only gets you unlimited visits to the park for a year, exclusive events, and special deals at the park's shops and restaurants, you also get discounts at other area attractions, too. And there's easy access to the rock via the 26-story elevator inside the mountain. Become an annual pass holder at ChimneyRockPark.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here in the studio with fellow travelers. And as I said in the beginning, listening to people's stories and reflecting on where you've been and what those trips meant to you, uh, it's very inspiring for those of us who don't have that opportunity to travel so much, who live vicariously through others who travel, and yet become inspired to think, you know, maybe I will look into going someplace I've never been before, doing, like you, Marla, solo traveling, getting in the, in your car, taking a road trip, or flying someplace. I, I'd like to ask each of you to... Give us a little idea. You, you're all seasoned travelers. You, I know when I've traveled, I've made some horrendous blunders. Like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? What was I thinking? I'm, I feel like I'm so prepared, and yet, oh, I forgot this, or I didn't do that. I, you know, I went to the Charlotte airport to go on an international trip and forgot my driver's license. Ooh. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, I was able to get on the plane, but it took a lot of finagling, and it was not a pretty sight. I will never do that again. I had changed purses, you know, so I had my license in the yep. other bag. Yep. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about um, not so much your blunders, but things that you've learned. Marla, let's start with you. Well, you know, um, I think that actually gives rise to the tip that I'm thinking about. First of all, um, you know, don't let fear get in the way. Because there's always a way through it. And, you know, as a, it's funny, as I've traveled, even in the U.S., um, which has been surprising to me, um, people are like, oh, you're traveling alone? That's so brave. And, you know, it's not really brave. Um, and it kind of um, confuses me as to why people think that. But it does occur to me that there are people who are just afraid. And the one thing I wanted to make sure is that I didn't ever let fear or, you know, an unknown um, keep me from doing the things that I love. And travel, of course, is one of the biggest things. So um, I think the biggest tip really is don't let fear get in the way. Um, you know, there's never, particularly if you want to start in the United States by traveling alone, it's an English-speaking country. We're all fine. There's Walmarts everywhere. Um, you know, you're not really going to end up in a situation. And then be comfortable in your own skin. Um, I find it really interesting to sit in a restaurant and people watch. These days you have you know, cell phones or a book you can read. I've seen people do that here in the Asheville area. Um, So that's probably the biggest thing is don't let fear inhibit your desire to travel. My second big tip would be you can find fun no matter where, you know, you want to travel or even in a place that you don't think is going to be all that interesting. If you just dig a little bit beyond the surface, um, you'll find that every place has interesting stories to tell and interesting experiences to offer. Like the butter cow in Iowa. Like the butter cow in Iowa, which is iconic. It is iconic, um, and you and, saw and it. And I saw it, yes. Yeah. Kent, what about you? Well, um, I love Marla's advice. That's both wise and sage, and that's very encouraging. Um, I Mine might be a little more less encouraging and a little more practical. Um, for new travelers, I continue to... Uh, invite them to get on Scott's cheap flights. And I know I'm a broken record, but, you know, people think that when you go to Europe, it's $800 round trip or $1,200 or $1,500 round trip. And so the girls and I, the most we've spent um, was $330 round trip since 2014. Um, and the other advice that we've found, practical advice again, um, is we are not a fan of pulling a a suitcase behind on rollers. We use like backpacks and that really makes it more simple to navigate crowded airports, um, airplanes, not waiting for your luggage, um, just getting around the city. So that's advice that I um, continue to, tr- you know, remind myself of and give to others. I almost never check luggage. It's I would. Always, yeah. <laughs> that is so wise on your part. I'd never do either. I've made planes where I would have been bumped from the next one Absolutely. on standby just because everybody gets stuck in either baggage claim and then they have to go through security and then they're late for their own plane, even though they were there on time. So, well, that can lead us to a whole nother dialogue about traveling light and learning how to pack accurately. Benjamin, when you travel with people, do you encourage uh, light travel? Very much so. You know, it's it's almost a requirement. I don't go that far, but it's just like what Ken and Marla have been saying. It really facilitates things and makes you so mobile. You don't have to worry about lost luggage. 
I'm leaving uh, for a week. I'm leaving in a week, and I've already started packing, getting things together. So a tip would be pack with, with a lot of time in front of you. Put something in your bag if you're checking it that is some kind of identification. So if you get separated from it, they can open it. They can hopefully get the bag back to you. And another thing is more general. It's about the planet. Since our name is Small Footprint, we're on all our tours, we're going to be buying carbon offsets because the carbon footprint of flying is so horrific. Uh, and we do a lot of flying, even though we're a small company. So all our tours, we're going to start doing that. So maybe that's something for travelers to consider. You can go online. We're using company Cool Effects, and it's easy to do and not a lot of money, but uh, maybe it helps the planet. Well, that's so important, and certainly the uh, small footprint, leaving no trace, being able to become more sustainable and mindful travelers. When you travel, Marla, let's let's let me ask you: When you travel, especially around the United States, you know we're putting we're putting money into other people's economy. How do you? go about um, ensuring that when you're in a different city or a town that you are engaging with that community? Mm-hmm. Well, um, first and foremost, I always, you know, try to look for local businesses, um, particularly, you know, restaurants, um, local independent businesses. Um, I look for recommendations um, from places to go or off the beaten track kind of ideas that hopefully will oftentimes lead you to um, those places that are particularly local or insider information, um, I think that gives you a good um, insight to the community. Um, I think that's really key. Um, I don't always stay um, in independent lodging, but I think what people often forget in our country is that many of the limited stay properties and hotels are still owned by local families and are franchised. So, Um, my, you know, one of the things that I have said about going to all of the states is I have to be able to spend money and have, you know, experiences in those communities that feel, you know, very vibrant and natural to that community. And, um, that's kind of one of my criteria, um, for being able to cross off a state. Um, you know, I can't just be an airport stay or a quick, you know, run through from side to side without getting out of my car. That's really important. That way you're, it, you're not just doing a flyover. You're, exactly. <laughs> you are literally yeah, feet has, on the ground. It has to be about experience and really contributing to that community economically. And Kim, what about you? When you travel, especially with the girls, you look for places that are that are local, that are a little off the beaten track. How do you do, even do your research about that? Um, approaching friends such as yourself or Marla or Benjamin, asking people who have been there prior where I should start. And um, we fill it. We fill the trip up about half of advice from others. And we certainly do online research. And, um, you know, as far as uh, – kind of connecting with the community. We go to see a lot of music in Europe and meet people. That's kind of a, you know, people are happy and jovial and outgoing at that point. Um, It's been a little bit discouraging in that, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas, we've decided not to go around the Christmas markets as much. So we don't, which when I walk by them, I look at the people and I wish I were there with them, but we just make an agreement with their mom that I won't take them there just because it might be a little more dangerous. But, uh, 
Yeah, we, we try to delve into the communities and, you know, Cuba is a lot easier to meet people and make a real human connection than somewhere where they don't speak as much English, but everybody's very welcoming. Yes. And, and Benjamin, you see that all the time when you travel, I'm sure the, especially you, your tours are so people to people oriented. Tell us again how somebody can get more information about Small Footprint Travels. Uh, go to our website, www.smallfootprinttravels.com. And um, just to, to continue that conversation, we have the advantage of we work with vendors in different countries. Like we're starting a new tour to South Africa. We've been in Morocco a few years. And that's one of our elements. We want to use locally owned companies. Uh, so that's an advantage to us that, to, that we can ask for that. And usually we're, we're able to do that. And in Cuba, you stay in people's homes. Oh, so yeah. That's, that's even a big part of that's, it. That's uh, the local B&Bs. They're called Casa Particulares. And it's throughout the island. And that's helping the locals very much, though. So. Um, and we love staying with that because it's a great way to meet the people. Well, I am so glad that all three of you were here today and talking about travel, telling us some of your travel stories, giving us some tips, and and really helping inspire others that travel is easy. It uh, doesn't have to be scary. You don't have to be afraid. You can step out. Marla, thank you, and Kent and Benjamin for being here on Speaking of Travel. Safe travels, happy travels to all of you. This is Marilyn Ball, your host on Speaking of Travel. Go out and do something different this week. You know, step into a place where you've never been before. Traveling can be going to the state next door. It can be going to the town next door. You're going to meet new people. You're going to eat different food. You're just going to feel a sense of wonderment, and you'll be able to come back and reflect on your memories and feel inspired. And remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 